I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. But here you are, quite frankly, with the opportunity or situation where you can be eliminated before Christmas. What are the players going to do? Are they going to step up? Are they going to finish out this year strong? That's why you finish and fight. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello and welcome to all in Steelers Nation. Welcome to the Saverin on Steelers podcast. We are here twice weekly with new posts. You can find us at Steelers.com. And if you have found us and enjoy the content, Please spread the word around to family, friends, neighbors, and whomever you think might be interested in some non-talk, Steeler talk, nothing but Steeler talk. A very, very disappointing day for the Steelers on Sunday against Baltimore. Not only because they were playing a division rival, but because it gave them a chance to put on display all the talk about us being a playoff team We have a chance to prove that. Now, even with a win yesterday, it might not have manifested itself into a playoff spot, but it would have been three wins in a row. It would have put them just uh, a game out of being in the wild card spot with a fairly weak schedule down the road. And yet when the rubber met the road, they weren't there. Every conceivable opportunity, and there were considerable opportunities for them to go ahead and end this and put them in a different category of being a legitimate playoff team, it ended all on the field at Acrisure Stadium. It's often been said that football games, give or take, are about 130 snaps. And about 130 of those snaps, 10, will decide the game. The other 120, they'll be split 60-60. But the other 10, who wins the balance of those will likely determine the outcome of the game. And we saw in the biggest of moments, we saw the Ravens win the battle. I'm not saying the Steelers shrunk from the challenge. They're just not good enough to meet the challenge. And that was the case on Sunday. They're in driving uh, driving for scoring position, in scoring position already. And yet two of the three interceptions thrown by Mitch Trubisky 
came in the red zone. You're already there. You've got a reliable kicker. And I know, yes, I know Chris Boswell was coming off an injury. But you've got to figure that you're okay with him kicking field goals. Not that you want to settle for them, but you certainly can't settle for getting zero points. And there was a lot of talk about the Steelers' running game getting better. And by the eye test, they were. By the stats, they were. But the only question was, how much better would they be? against a divisional rival and against a legitimate AFC playoff team? And the answer comes, they're short. They piled up some nice numbers running, for example, against New Orleans, against Indy, against the Falcons. But now we see what happened against the Ravens, and the logical conclusion is, that they piled up rushing yardage based largely on who they played, not how good the Steelers were. I mean, you've absolutely absolutely always got to factor in the level of opposition. And it looked good against those teams. But you don't see teams like that in the playoffs. And so it was a false indication of who they truly are and what they truly are. Defensively, they had every opportunity to make a stop and did not make it. Reminiscent of the Jets game when they needed one more shot to win the game, no guarantee they would have, but the defense let them down. And the defense let him down yesterday as well. And whatever success they had in stopping the run, minimal gains, once again, came up short against a really good running team. They had ample opportunities to get off the field, especially around the two-minute warning. Now, again, there's no guarantee they would have been able to do anything with the ball but at least they would have had a chance. And yet they failed. And even though they were moving up the defense against the run charts, moving all the way up to seventh in the NFL, it turns out that it was more a byproduct of who they were playing than how good they are. Still a lot of work to be done there. As for Trubisky, When he came into the game, I thought, so this is a chance for this guy to show the Steelers' brass that they made a mistake, that they should never have benched him. But Trubisky was not able to complete the deal. He moved the team, and he certainly seems... More aggressive, more assertive, but there are limits to that. You got to be smart about the throws. He maneuvered them into scoring position, 
But two turnovers in the red zone. The other one, they had a ball at the the, the uh, Ravens 46. He threw a pick there. And then, of course, beyond the quarterbacking, there's the blocked field goal. Now, maybe if that field goal is not blocked, and assuming Boswell makes it, that changes the strategy for the Ravens. Probably would have changed it. But not even getting an opportunity in those three circumstances killed their chances. And ruined the opportunity they had to turn what has to provide for offense on this team. In other words, they're going to be a field goal team. They're going to rely on Boswell a great deal. All you have to do is get in the field position and don't turn it over. They turned it over, which begs the conversation. If the NFL says to Kenny Pickett, no, we're not going to release you from the protocol, and he's not recovered in time to play, Sunday in Carolina, do you go back to Mitch Trubisky after he blew his chance to show management and the entire NFL that he got a raw deal? Or do you go back to, well, not even go back to, but go to Mitch Trubisky and say no thanks, but go to Mason Rudolph? He hasn't done anything to earn your ire. I think the die has been cast for the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. I think they showed exactly what they think of him during the offseason. Number one, they didn't extend a contract, his contract. Number two, they signed Mitch Trubisky. They drafted Kenny Pickett and another quarterback. And then when they got to Latrobe, Mason Rudolph didn't get any first-team reps. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that may present a dilemma going down the line as to who will start in Charlotte. My guess, if Kenny Pickett is cleared, he'll play. But the league should be more concerned about concussions than they've shown. They've given a lot of lip service to it but I don't know if they've actually addressed it. Charlie Batch, of course, is my partner on the Steelers postgame show. He also joins me Monday on my show on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970. And Charlie, of course, is a veteran of Super Bowl teams and teams that came close. 
So after their film study on Monday, Charlie, what's that room going to be like? What kind of atmosphere will there be knowing that the playoffs are out of the question? Yeah, I mean, you start out with the positive. You say, look, guys, we're not that far off. We've been talking about this the entire year. Then you can start looking at stats. You can say, hey, stat-wise, we out, we out uh, in total offense, we outperformed them there, red, uh, third down completion, red zone. Everything was better in that perspective. And then when you look at the flip side, you say, hey, we gave up over 200 yards rushing. But the key factor in this game was those three turn- turnovers two of them in the red zone, and that ultimately was the difference maker. Yeah, you can now get rid of the two turnovers. You say, wait, what about the other phase of it, special teams? It was, it was Really, it was a wash up until that blocked field goal, and when that field goal didn't happen, ultimately when you see a two-point loss, all of those things could directly, directly relate as a race to why you didn't win a game, and that's why they're kicking themselves here today as they watch that film. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, how does the team respond? I mean, that's a question we won't know. Um, but, you know, really what is ahead for them if generally most of the players on this team believe that, you know, being in playoff contention is generally what's ahead of them? Yeah, at this point, the message in, in that locker room is fight. You know, we don't know. We can't control everything that's going on. Yes, we're less. It was less than 10% coming into this game. It's probably less than 5% as it relates to potential playoff talk. So Tomlin now is going to say fight until the end, until we're mathematically eliminated. Then on the flip side, you're going to have, position coaches that will have honest conversations with their groups. And they're going to say, guys, we don't know what the future holds, but all I know is we're all being evaluated and coach coaching included that we now in these last four games, we have to prove what, you know, that we belong as, as it relates to on this roster for this season. And now we're auditioning for what 2023 can be like. So you're just encouraging your guys. If you're the assistant coaches to finish out this year strong, because we're all being evaluated. Well, it's interesting um, that you mentioned that uh, because as they move forward, let's assume when there are four games to play, let's assume that Kenny Pickett is not cleared from the concussion protocol and thus is unavailable to play Sunday in Charlotte. Do they go back to Trubisky or do they give Mason Rudolph a shot? Well, I mean, if you could go back a few months ago when this decision was made, Stan, I was one of the ones, first ones to come out, and I said, if you're making a move of this magnitude, you ultimately have to make Mitch Trubisky your three and, and move Mason Rudolph up to the number two. And now you're starting to see, okay, what does what is it going to look like at this particular point? Because now you're, in a, you know, you're unsure what Mitch Trubisky brings to the table. He's going to want another opportunity, but yet the organization has proved that they don't even want Mason Rudolph. And based off the move that they made the entire offseason, and now here all of a sudden, now they're sitting back saying, well, all those things that we didn't ne- that we said in the offseason, we didn't necessarily mean. Mason, come on out here and see if you can save the day this week. And that right there is going to be an opportunity for, for Mason this week, assuming that there is a potential, you know, quarterback controversy as we're faced this week. Because, again, we won't have the answer tomorrow during Mike Thomas' press conference. This will linger on during the course of the week, and everybody that will be at practice will be paying attention to how the starter reps are going to be unfolded. But if I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm preparing to play this week, and hopefully he gets the nod. And if he does, he better go out there and perform because, quite frankly, he's going to be playing for his National Football League career. Well, we uh... – virtually are on the same page here on what the Steelers thought of Mason Rudolph. Um, and they don't think much of him, not personally, but as a quarterback. Because last year, when Ben retires, he should have been the heir apparent. But what did they do? They didn't extend Mason Rudolph. 
let him play out this year to become a free agent. They go ahead, and not only do they draft Kenny Pickett, but draft another guy. Um, they go out and sign Mitch Trubisky. Um, haven't they already made up their mind about Mason Rudolph? They made it up, and you, you bring three people in here to essentially replace him. You make it as if he, he's in a potential quarterback battle when they headed into training camp. That was null and void because if you've been at training camp, he didn't receive any starter reps. He was only uh, running with the number twos. And it wasn't until the second preseason game against the Jaguars that Kenny Pickett really ultimately took that step and leapfrogged Mason Rudolph and then put him back into the third group and essentially been running the scout team ever since. So you're right. The organization, they showed their card. But for him, that's the business of it. You can't control the business side of it. And listen, I've been in Mason Rudolph's situation before. If you go back in 2010, I was, I was promised that I was going to get an opportunity to, you know, compete for the starting job. And I was when Ben was uh, suspended that year. But everything went to Byron Leftwich. Everything else went to Dennis Dixon. And here I was just sitting there holding the clipboard essentially and saying, okay, I'm just waiting for my time. And then all of a sudden, injuries happened with Byron Leftwich, Dennis Dixon, and then there I was starting against Tampa Bay in 2010, and we ultimately won that game. Uh, it was like 38 to 10 or something like that. And it was one of those things, again, two Masons in situation is you, did, you, you put it out there as if you didn't want me, but yet I'm the only man standing. And that's essentially what Mason could do in this particular situation. He can write the ship. It may not necessarily be for this organization, but if he wants to play in this league and if you think that he's a starter, he may have the opportunity to do so this week. But either way, he will be competing for a backup job somewhere. So this week, is very, it may not be important to some, but it's going to be very important to Mason Rudolph if he gets to start today or this week. Yeah. Um, if Kenny Pickett gets cleared, um, do you put him right back in there, assuming that medically he's okay? Or do you, given the state of the offensive line, um, do you say we're going to protect our asset here? Or do you get back and say, hey, this would be another four games experience for him? Well, it's going to be an interesting situation for the medical staff. And I know those guys are going to be meeting wholeheartedly because if you remember what he got knocked out in the Tampa Bay game with the concussion and then he came back in the Miami game. And, of course, that was a big conversation because what Tua was going through coming back from his concussion too soon. Now you have a second concussion protocol that he is entering into, and people were now question: should he even have went back into yesterday's game? So it's going to be really interesting to see what the medical staff does in this particular situation because sometimes that second concussion is worse than the first one. So it's a long answer to say I just don't know, but, you know, we have really good doctors on the team, on the Steelers medical staff, and I'm going to, you know, kind of lean toward their uh, decisions as it relates to it, but it's going to be very interesting following this week. As you and I have discussed repeatedly, um, the Steelers refuse to use the rebuild word. Um, do you think this finally jolts the, a game like yesterday where they were had many opportunities to win the game, converting on any one of key plays? They did not. They failed virtually in every single one. Do you think that if indeed there was this thought process in the new management group that, hey, we'll just, you know, add a guy here, add a guy there, and we'll continue to be contenders. Do you think that this loss to Baltimore was so illustrative of their shortcomings that they're not going to change your philosophy? You would think that they're not going to change it, but I promise you the mental uh, makeup of this team is going to be tested. You know, it's one thing physically, but mentally, you know, how do you go about doing it? Because this is, you know, new times that this uh, organization has been in for many players they have not been out of the playoffs since Christmas. 
be or before Christmas. But here you are, quite frankly, with the opportunity or situation where you can be eliminated before Christmas. What are the players going to do? Are they going to step up? Are they going to finish out this year strong? That's why you finish and fight. Uh, when I uh, earlier uh, when I answered the question, because you have some veterans that could just say, "You want to know what? I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to spend my offseason rehabbing. So I'm only going to give you 80 percent of what's required out there." And then you might have, and you're going to look at some of the rookie guys to say, "Okay, you're out of the playoffs. How are you going to fight? How are you going to, to, to prove your value on whether you're uh, deemed worthy to bring back in 2023?" So it's a combination of uh, for both uh, parties on this team, and we're all going to see with the performance because even though you look at Carolina and say, "Ah, that's a bad team," well, they're probably looking on the other side and say the Steelers are a bad team. So if you know you're going to get one of their best because they have an interim coach who's looking to now yeah, to remove the interim uh, behind his title or in front of his title so he can become the permanent head coach. If you know you're going, they're going to fight in Carolina. So if this team is uh, overlooking anybody, they can't afford to do it, and they better be able to play their best performance this week. Well, as you stop and think about it, um, the fact that they were not able to rise to the occasion um, either offensively or defensively yesterday. Um, the, to you, does that tell you what they are? That's, that's what five and eight teams do. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they get to a certain point, but they can't go any further because their talent, uh, for whatever reason, won't allow them to. Um, is, is that the stark realization that I'm talking about? They're just not good enough. Yeah, they're not. They're not talented enough because there's not much motivation you can have for that game. Everybody knows it's rivalry week, it's Ravens week, but you didn't have the aura around it. You didn't have this a national televised game. You didn't have everybody talking about this particular game in the, in the manner that had been talked about before, but yet these guys were watching this rivalry prior to them joining the Steelers team and for them to not be able to rise to the occasion, knowing that you now need to win your division. Can you get ready for the Bengals? You knew the Ravens were at the back end of the schedule that could ultimately determine what the, who the division winner is, but yet you lay an egg essentially, and you're not able to do that at home. That's the frustrating part and for these veterans who have been around working so hard to Cam Hayworth, who's been around now for 12 years, and you look at you sit back and say, man, how come we couldn't do this? And what is the hope? What does the future look like for this entire organization? Right now, all of those questions remain to be seen because right now we're still trying to figure all of this out. And this is just a, you know, I'm just a head scratcher. And you can't win this game. That lets you know, okay, this team isn't even deemed worthy enough to potentially talk playoffs talk. All right, there you go. Charlie, thank you for all the good work you do. Thanks for being here. We'll see you Sunday afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Charlie. Thanks very much to Charlie Batch, my co-host on the Steelers postgame show on the Steelers radio network. That's it for today's podcast. Reminder, you can hear my show daily from noon until 2 on ESPN Pittsburgh. All you have to do is download the iHeartMedia app. It's free. It's there for you every single day. Please tell your friends about the Savern on Steelers podcast, which you've already found at Steelers.com. We'll talk to you next time on Savern on Steelers. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 